Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Wholeheartedly Her podcast. I am just so excited to start this podcast. I feel like this first episode is going to be a little um, special (laughs) for me because this is obviously the first time I'm ever recording a podcast. Um, I truly don't know what I'm doing, so just bear with me. And if you're here, even just the first few seconds of the podcast, I'm very honored that you're here and listening. So my name is Laura Pryor. I am almost 28 years old. I live in Oklahoma. And for a while, I've just been kind of doing a little bit of everything. I have my own wedding photography business, but I do kind of a little bit of everything when it comes to photography. I I work for the state of Oklahoma as well. And so I've been really into, you know, government, politics, that whole bubble since graduating college, I guess. My college degree is actually in communications, which you can probably guess right off the bat. I love talking. I love having conversation with people, meeting new people, just getting to know where they're from, what what their story is, what makes them who they are. And so I think kind of why I'm starting the podcast kind of stems from that. I've always just enjoyed, like I said, meeting new people, knowing their story. And I just feel like it makes me a better person when I meet new people and just kind of just know where they come from and know what makes them so uniquely them. And so one of my best friends who lives in Washington, D.C., she and I are clearly, like I said, best friends. And but we are very very different politically. We are both believers, but politically we are very, very opposite. And when we first started becoming very close and obviously I was posting, you know, more stuff with her on my social media, you know, I guess people would go to her page and kind of see who she was and follow her as well. And they noticed how very different we were. And I would get, I would legitimately get Instagram messages that were like, how are you friends with this person? Like, you guys are so different. Like, how do you guys make it work? Like, I can never be friends with someone so different than I am. And I was just kind of shocked because I'd never really thought about that defining our friendship because our close friendship is so, so like not dependent on our political views or our opinions that don't even define where we'll spend eternity. And so I was just kind of taken aback by that. And I remember thinking, I was like, does that matter? Like, why why is this striking such a chord with so many people? And so after I kind of explained to them, like, you know, our, our opinions don't define our friendship. We're, we're more than our political opinions or just, you know, opinions in general. And as long as we both love Jesus and, you know, extend that love into, you know, just to each other and to our community, that's all that matters. And so I actually, after I started that conversation with some people, they were like, you know, you should, you guys should do a podcast about just like your differing opinions, how you guys kind of meet in the middle on those opinions and how you continue to love each other. I guess not in spite of, because that's really, that's not a good way to put it, but how you continue to be such good friends and love each other, even though you have such differing worldviews. And so I actually kind of talked with her about that. And I was like, Hey, we started a podcast. And she was like, heck no, like I'm not the podcast type. But then I kind of had thought, I want to start a podcast. And so here we are. Today is February 16th, 2023. And I'm officially starting the Wholeheartedly Her podcast. And this podcast won't be just me. I am a very awkward human. I do not like talking to just myself. Obviously, I love talking to other people. And so the goal of this podcast is to hopefully have a new guest on each podcast episode. And they're going to be people that you and I disagree with, agree with. The point of it isn't to just give you the warm fuzzies. The point of it isn't to just justify whatever I believe or what you believe. It isn't for me to just like come on here and be like, look at these people that I'm interviewing or these guests that I have on my podcast. They believe the same that I do. And look, like that makes all of my opinions perfect and right. And that's not that's not that at all. I already actually have a few people in mind to have on the podcast that I know that I don't won't agree with, but I want to learn more from them and I want you to be able to hear their opinions and their side of their worldview and just kind of help each other I guess diversify our portfolio a little more. I I know so many people that they just live in their own echo chamber and I'm like 
the world is so much more than your little corner of the universe. There's so much more out there to explore. And it won't be all political. It won't all be like current events. My guest that I'm going to have on today in a little bit, she and I are going to talk about the postpartum experience and how drastically different that can look for so many people. So if you're here and you're like, I don't know if this is for me, that's okay. I don't want you to leave this podcast after every episode and be like, wow, I feel so happy and warm and fuzzy inside. I hope you do. I hope this podcast doesn't leave you feeling like in despair or sad, but I also want it to challenge you to help you become a more well-rounded, open-minded, and understanding human. And that's that's my ultimate goal for this podcast. The reason, let's talk about the reason I call it the Wholeheartedly Her podcast. All our guests on here at this point, I think, will be women, not necessarily all women in the Christian community, but just women. And the reason I called it the Wholeheartedly Her podcast, which let's be honest, that's going to become a mouthful to say. But the definition of wholeheartedly means marked by complete earnest commitment, free from all reserve or hesitation. So it's not necessarily like, oh, this is a women supporting women podcast. And that's not even it either. It is we are going to love each other and just... I won't, I won't even say support each other because there's, again, there's going to be people on here that I don't know that I will be able to agree with, but I want to learn more from them. And I want to show that even disagreeing with people, no matter may it be faith-wise, belief-wise, worldview-wise, political-wise, if that's a word, we are going to continue to love without reserve or hesitation because we are all made in the image of God and that is how we are supposed to love each other. On that note, if you find yourself here and you aren't a believer, that's okay. I don't want this to be exclusively for Christian women or believing women. I want you to come here and know that you're loved no matter where you are in life. And I want you to be able to come to this podcast and find it to be a nice little corner of the podcast world where we can all just learn from each other, challenge each other, and like I said, make each other more well-rounded, open-minded, and understanding. And with that, let's welcome our first guest ever on the podcast, Kimberly Mead. She and I met in college, and we were both comms girlies together. So I'm just going to let her introduce herself, and we'll get into it. So welcome to the podcast, Kim. Yay! Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to reiterate how grateful I am to be here. It's super fun hearing you talk about the vision for this podcast and your dreams and where you're headed. So I'm really honored to be here. But Yay, thank you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. So yeah, my name's Kimberly. Like you said, I am a stay-at-home mama. I have one little boy. His name's Liam, and he is about to be two, which is wild to me. Um, I'm married to Michael. We will have been married for seven years this summer, which is wow. just makes me feel so old. Um, That's wild because I, you guys got yeah. married in college, right? Well, yeah, I was um, about to be a senior in college, but he had already been graduated. He's four years older than me. Um, but I'm like, That's yeah, so wild. I was a child bride, basically. <laughs> Weren't we all, though? We went to a Baptist yeah. college, so it was kind of like a prerequisite. Like, if you go here, you do have to get married before you're, like, 25, so. Yes, that's so true. And, like, since being out of the bubble, I'm like, oh, my, that is very much a bubble. But, you know, it worked for us, and we're loving life, but we're in Oklahoma. Good. And, yeah, I stay at home with my little boy, and I have a creative outlet in photography, um, before I had Liam, I was a wedding photographer. You and I had some fun shooting some weddings together back in the day, mm-hmm. but very quickly burned out after I had Liam and sold my camera, sold everything. And then about, uh, I'd say like a year after he was born, I was like, okay, I need something like I'm going to go crazy. I need some kind of creative outlet. I miss creating. Um, and so mm-hmm. now I have a photography business where I photograph and share stories of local Oklahoma City moms. That's awesome. Well, I I just love that journey for you. I remember, obviously, I think, I mean, we shot some of our first weddings together. You did our wedding, obviously. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's just wild fun. to see 
where we've come from, how we've kind of stayed on the same path, but also like taken it in our very specifically like creative to us direction. Mm-hmm. So just give us like a, not even a rundown, but just kind of however, however comfortable you feel talking about like your pregnancy journey, um, labor, delivery, postpartum, don't feel like you have to like get into the nitty gritty. You're more than welcome because you know that I have no filter and I am <laughs> always happy to get into the nitty gritty. But sure. um, yeah, let's just talk about that. Just kind of take us through that for you. Like when, when you yeah. got pregnant with Liam, ready, set, go. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's funny because some moms feel really certain ways about saying that they had a COVID baby. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel any type of way. Like Liam was kind of a COVID baby. We got pregnant with him a few months into the pandemic. I think a lot of people um, were just obviously super impacted by that. But for us, we were like, wow, we are ready to start a family. This is like Mm -hmm. what's the most important thing in life is just family life. And um, so we got pregnant uh, in June of 2020 which is wild. And mm-hmm. um, it's kind of funny. I know, like, I don't know if you and I've ever talked about this specifically, but when I shot weddings, I used to always say, like, my ideal bride was someone who prepared more for their marriage than they did their actual wedding day, which mm-hmm. is like, no hate, like, on brides who are really focused on their wedding day. For me personally, like, the details just didn't matter, but that mm-hmm. was partially like season of life. Um, but since becoming a mom, I tell a lot of friends, like, I prepared way more for labor and delivery than I did for motherhood. And you can't fully be prepared for any of it. I don't think like any mom will tell you, like, you're never really ready for any part of parenting. You just kind of learn as you go. But I really, really, really emphasized um, my labor and delivery. And mm-hmm. so that is kind of like a snapshot into what my pregnancy with Liam looked like. Um, And looking back, it was all from a place of love and wanting to give my firstborn like the head start. And I very much fit into like the typical mold that a lot of first time moms do, which is just like wanting to give your kid the best. And when you read Mm -hmm. about um, different practices for birth and delivery, like I think there's a lot of camps out there, but I very much was into the the crunchy camp um, of wanting to go natural, unmedicated, yeah. um, which is saying something because my mom is a neonatal nurse. And so I've wow. been in that world yeah. for a long time. Um, so very much that was interesting, but it became a very spiritual thing for me. And I think a lot of moms in the church probably have some version of this story, maybe not, but mm-hmm. mine got pretty twisted because I'm very much an achiever. And for me, birth was like a sporting event. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I ran track in college. And so for me, it was like, okay, an un- unmedicated birth um, equates to me being like the best mom that I can possibly be. It just very like subliminal stuff that I just slowly started believing without realizing I was believing it. Um, And then on a whole other layer of being a believer, like I just thought, well, God's going to bless me with an, uh, like with a natural labor so that I can experience him and experience like the way he created my body in the fullest capacity. Um, So again, like all really good intentions, but when I look back on it, it just makes me really sad because I put a lot of pressure on myself right? um, for this event versus like, oh my gosh, this is when I'm going to meet my child. And this is when I'm like, life is going to change completely. Um, It just became very much like a, a performance, like mentality, I guess, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. I totally agree because I think, especially kind of where we live, you know, in the Midwest, obviously, I feel like we have more, um, like you kind of said, like crunchy minded mamas, I guess. And a lot of people talk about like, oh, I had this beautiful, unmedicated water birth, home birth experience, which is great. And like, mm-hmm. especially now that I've given birth, like everyone has their own way in which they prefer to do it. And like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But I think 
and I, I can echo that sentiment. I just got caught up in the event of birth and I, I knew what I wanted it to look like. And in my, in the back of my head, I knew like, obviously you have no control over it, but I mm-hmm. also, I just, I really think I thought if I just put in the work, if I did my research and I took my classes and I, I mean, for lack of a better term, spoke it into existence, it would happen. And obviously for both of us, we neither, like we both had the same like well-minded intentions and we both actually, we really both wanted this very similar births Mm -hmm. and that did not happen for each of us. So yeah, we've obviously had many long talks about, about that. Yeah, 100%. And and this is what I just like want to over communicate to any mom listening. Like I'm not anti-crunchy. I'm not anti-medication mm-hmm. by any means now. Um, I Everyone's birth story is their birth story. Right. Um, and I think the way that our media paints pictures, I also took a class, a very popular natural birthing class. Um, mm-hmm. And it started with this like 20-minute video with all of these science, like st- statistics and backed up research and whatever for how terrible C-sections are for mm-hmm. your kids. And so basically it like broke down when you go to the hospital, you up your chances by this much of having a C-section. Mm-hmm. And when you get an epidural, you up your chances by this much. And so it actually had me like in the course, quote unquote, like sign a contract with myself saying that I would not get an epidural no matter what, what? Like, that was a no of course yes no and, <laughs> I yes. we're on video right now so you can see my jaw just dropped for all those listening my jaw like actually just dropped into the floor of my closet I'm very very yes. sad for that because and like here's yeah. the thing is like again those classes are I guess well-intentioned and mm-hmm. I I'm sure there is like scientific research backed like like I I do believe that you know the the less time you spend in the hospital there obviously you're you're lessening your chances for intervention because you can't really intervene at home like they right. can in the hospital right but at the same time you were feeling shamed and get, getting an epidural which is a perfectly valid intervention yes. to get like that's the reason god <laughs> inspired modern medicine like i truly i don't believe that epidurals are of the devil like Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. So intense, Laura. And so that's where I say like, this is about each person's individual journey and motherhood. And for Mm -hmm. me, it became so much about control. And Mm -hmm. again, like, I just think this narrative in any camp, whether it's medicine, whether it's whatever, when you say one decision you make, that be epidural or C-section or whatever, Pitocin or whatever you choose, home Mm. birth. If you say that one decision is going to impact whether positively or negatively your child for the rest of their life, that's like telling that to a first-time mom is insane because Mm -hmm. we fixate on that because it's like, I want to be a good mom. So of course, I don't want to have a C-section. Well, and And you don't know any different because you've never done this before. So it's like, you don't have a frame of reference to be like, oh, well, it happened before and I was fine and my kid's fine. So the chances of something horrible happening are low. You just take these people's words for it and you're just like, wow, okay, you must know what you're talking about, which again, I do think there is a shred of truth to, you know, the whole intervention stuff because I obviously I took a very popular natural birth course as well. Mm-hmm. And she did break down like the statistics of, you know, this percentage of people who went to the hospital had this intervention or, you know, X, Y or Z. And obviously there is some truth to that, but it's the motive of like shaming women into a natural birth. And that's where I think I was mentally almost destroyed because of that, because like I said, like my birth was not how I had envisioned it or planned it. And it, I still, I mean, it's only been five months, but still five months later, I still feel like I have so many regrets and so much guilt and shame from that. Mm -hmm. And I know at the end of the day, like you, you want, like you want what you want and it's okay to feel like let down by birth, Mm -hmm. not going the way that you wanted it to. But at the same time, like we were never meant to have like complete control like I think you can have control to an extent but when you like shame moms into like oh if you don't do it this way that it's been done for you know hundreds of mm-hmm. what thousands of years mm-hmm. then you're a failure and your kids a failure like 
that is a horrible, horrible mindset to start new moms out with. Yeah. And I think what's like really tricky about this is like, I don't think that was the intention of my course. Like I don't, they weren't trying to shame, but there was a lot of fear mongering and like Mm -hmm. very emotionally charged, like verbiage and stuff that was used. But I think as moms, we really need to know ourselves and like slow down and just pay attention to when we feel shame. And that's with anything, like that's with any kind of parenting tip. That's with any kind of like moments with your kids when you're disciplining, like when you feel, and like we each know what it feels like when Mm -hmm. we just feel like gross with ourselves or like in our chest, we just, our chest gets tight. Like for me, my chest gets really tight or like Mm -hmm. I just start really like self-deprecating and speaking like death over myself. Basically Mm -hmm. when I feel shame, it's like, okay, where's that coming from? I need to shut it off because our mental health is so very important as moms. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't mean to like go on that rabbit trail. No, but that's such a good, like, I think that's such a good caveat for, you know, if, if there's moms out there listening who are pregnant for the first time and preparing to give birth, I think it's so important for, for that other side of the story. Like, yes, like I hope you have whatever birth that you are envisioning and hoping for, because it is a very, I mean, it really is a spiritual like experience an emotional experience. And I don't think you can get it until you are a mom preparing to give birth or have given birth. Like it's just such a wild experience to literally make a human and birth them. Like it is just so wild to think about. And so I think like it's fine to put a lot of emphasis on that. And if it doesn't go your way, you're obviously going to be devastated. And I think that so many times it's like, oh, if you just eat your dates and drink your cranberry raspberry tea and do 800 squats a day, everything's going to be fine. And it's like, who in the heck has the time for that? And also like, I hate dates. I yeah. genuinely hate dates. I, w- I told, I was like, I'm not putting one of those in my Dang. mouth. Like I will sit on my yoga ball. I will do my squats. I was on the stair stepper the day before I gave birth. But Girl. let me tell you, it wasn't because of the stair stepper that I gave birth <laughs> because Listen. my kid was not budging. And then, yeah, I thought I could just like literally will him out of my body. Yeah. But no, that's not how that happens. Clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so- I literally was with my six dates a day. I'm bla- I'm dying right now. I was there like yeah. choking them down. I'm yes. going to eat these dates. You cannot put enough bacon. <laughs> yeah. You can't put enough bacon around those disgusting little balls of hell. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Okay. Yeah. So kind of get into... Obviously, we've alluded to the fact that your birth did not go how how you planned. Just kind of take us through however much yes. of that you want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's – every mom can talk for days about her birth stories. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone has their own story. But essentially, I my labor and delivery was 60 hours because, hello, I'm gripping onto control here. Mm-hmm. Um, I – I say this for any new first-time moms. My birth story is one of really, really, really great. Um, the only word that comes to my mind is redemption. That's so Christianese, mm-hmm. but um, it, redemption and grace. And so mm-hmm. um, it was miraculous, but yeah. it was not normal. And so I just want to mm-hmm. put that blanket statement out there because as a first time expecting mom, I remember like being hit with these stories in my classes mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my gosh, I did not need to hear that. Like was right. Anyways. So that's my right. disclaimer, but 60 hour labor, I got to an eight and I stalled out and it was obviously the most insane pain of my life. And I tried to breathe through and I tried to do my mantras and it just wasn't happening. And I got some Pitocin got a nice epidural, got a nice nap in. It was glorious. And 100%, you already said it, a gift from God. Medicine mm-hmm. is a gift from God. And I pushed for seven hours in the stirrups. Um, so not only did I labor for forever, I could see my son's head. My doctor, I mean, I'm just out of it. I've been, I'm going on however many hours at this point. Yeah. My doctor comes in and says, hey, We are there. Like they had to break my water in part of all of that. And so it had been 24 hours of my water being broken. And so it was becoming like an issue. 
And she said, we can either try the vacuum or we can go straight to C-section. But if we do the vacuum, I'm going to do it three times. If it doesn't happen, we have to go to Mm C-section. So I see my son said, I'm like, come on, I'm almost there. Let's do the vacuum. We do vacuum. Doesn't work. I can't really feel anything. We rush Mm -hmm. to C-section. And um, she starts and I start feeling her. Like I Mm -hmm. I can feel the the stuff like cutting into me and wait I, like not just like the pressure of it you can actually feel being cut no, I can feel being cut oh yeah. no it, it was an emergency c-section so it happened very quickly and I laugh when I look back at this it felt very much like a like a Grey's Anatomy moment like yeah. Michael's putting on his scrubs and like trying to run in after me and I like do the like love sign to him yeah. and I like there's a single tear like dripping down my face. Like, oh, I man. feel like I'm about to I can die. Just, I can just envision the music video right now. <laughs> right. Like this is this is actual true love. Yeah. No. For all your the little teeny boppers out there listening to this, like true love is not posting about you on your Instagram. It's literally <laughs> rushing in after the wife when she's literally getting sliced open. And oh my gosh. They take the time to pause and say, I love you. And that's that's beautiful. I love that. Oh, thanks. It was just so dramatic. But I was like, I have no idea. And all my natural courses, as I've already said, I'm doomed. My kid's doomed. I have no control over right. this. And the, the nurses are just like laughing. Like they're trying to Well, be then sweet, especially like, when you can feel yourself getting cut open, you're like, oh, I might die. Like truly yeah. might die. It was insane. And so this is when it gets even more wild and takes a turn. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm screaming. I learned later that I was not screaming, but I was like, I can feel that. I can feel that. And the last thing that I heard was the anesthesiologist came over and she was like, sweetie, we are working as hard as we can. We're getting you medicine as quickly as we can. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And bam, I woke up in a postpartum room <laughs> with no baby with wow. my husband and he slowly approached my bed and told me what happened. Basically, I went under from the medicine and mm-hmm. it transferred to my son. He mm-hmm. was born lifeless um, with wow. an APGAR score of zero. And so in the aftermath, I had really like cried to some of the nurses and said, like, I just wanted to hear that first cry. Mm-hmm. And one of them told me much later, not in that moment, but she told me she's actually my neighbor, which is really cool, um, mm-hmm. that he didn't have a first cry. Right. So they had to put him on a breathing machine. And within like five minutes, he was solid. I mean, he was almost 10 pounds, but they put him wow. in the NICU for four days. Um, yeah. And so anyways, it was very, very different. I met him um, for the first time on FaceTime, which was also very strange. Um mm-hmm. My husband went down for like a touch time window and mm-hmm. um, FaceTimed me. I don't – I was actually thinking about this. I think I met him the day after he was born. I don't even think I met wow. him on the same day. Um, and so as you can imagine, that was just like very different than anything. It, it was just traumatic. And and birth is traumatic for our bodies for – no matter if you had like the picture-perfect birth and it was just really mm-hmm. sweet. Like it's just a big moment regardless. Um but yeah, it affected my bonding with my son. It affected mm-hmm. my mental health. Um, and postpartum started off with a bang. Right. Yeah. And that's already such a a fragile time. But to add on like such a traumatic birth. And I, I want to caveat this with the fact that I personally feel the word traumatic is thrown around a little too freely these days. But this... I mean, even just like hearing you tell when you told me this whole story for the first time, I, I don't, th- I, I like thought about it for so long after you told me, I'm like, that is the definition of traumatic, like not getting, like not remembering the birth of your son, not getting to meet him until, you know, 24 plus hours later, like that's wild. And so you're already starting out postpartum. Like I said, such a fragile time. Mm-hmm on such a different note that's than so many women do so just kind of tell us like okay you're home from the hospital what did the, I guess kind of what did what did your postpartum look like for you yeah um well I'll be honest I didn't get on social media at all for the first month I was just Good. like yeah. can't um I'd already kind of known that about myself like social media mm-hmm. really affects me um 
depending on how much I consume it. And I was just like, I can't, I, I need a break. Um, so thankfully I wasn't like hit with those while I was still in the hospital. Cause I, Good. that would just be too much. Um, but for me, I just, I recognize now that the circumstances were very extreme, but I don't think for moms, like your story has to be as extreme as mine to experience what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much had postpartum anxiety, but I have a history of struggling with anxiety um, before having my son. And mm-hmm. I was never diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I had a few follow-up visits with my son's pediatrician and with my OB where they kind of slowed down and asked me, okay, you scored pretty high here. How are we feeling about medicine? Um, so that was a conversation that was being talked about. Um, and I really just, I functioned really well with sleep, a lot of sleep. And so the sleep mm-hmm. deprivation really, and my husband is the same way. Our house felt like a war zone just because mm-hmm. We just don't function well on little sleep. And no. it was, I didn't expect how tired like you get in those first, especially two, three weeks. Um, yeah. So it was really hard because I was healing from the C-section, but I was also healing from labor. I didn't mm-hmm. really know that, but I I had partially delivered my son right. vaginally. You had literally done um, two births in one. Like yes. you'd done like, you know, 80% of the regular natural birth. And then you had a C-section too. So yeah. And my son came out really big. I mean, I was late because I wanted to go Mm -hmm. by God. I wanted to do it naturally. And so I, he was almost 10 pounds. And so I just couldn't even physically lift him. Um, And I think that was the part that just really got to me emotionally Mm -hmm. was like, I can't physically care for my son by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to have help and I am an Enneagram too. And so if you know what that means, I'm the helper. I love to help Mm -hmm. everyone else. I hate to ask for help. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I would just struggle, really, really struggle. Um, So yeah, it was a really dark time. I would say the first six months were really hard and every day, um, praise God, like we didn't have any hard like issues with breastfeeding, but I hated it because I didn't want, like I, the bond was not there. It was not fun. It was not cute to me. Um, and so when he bit me at six months, I was like, all right, we'll take it as a sign. And I was like, formula for days, I'm here for it. And Mm -hmm. I remember feeling so free and I'm like, why do we have shame around this? Like, this is my choice. Um, and my son's great. Like he's Mm -hmm. so healthy. Um, so anyways, it was really the first six months where I just felt like I couldn't even come up for air. Wow. That's wild. And I feel like so many times when we think of postpartum, we're like, okay, like there's healing, like it's not pretty, but at the same time, like you should be happy. Like you have a new baby. And I think society and Hollywood and media in general just really romanticizes the idea of a new baby. And again, some people do have that picture perfect postpartum, you know, they heal so easily, like everything's, you know, warm and fuzzy. And that's great. And I I don't want to diminish that because I do hope, you know, if we do have another baby, I hope that for us, I hope that for you and Michael, if you guys choose to have another baby, but I think so often reality is that it it is not all sunshine and rainbows. And so I think, especially because we have that six week period mindset in our head, like, okay, I get my appointment at six weeks and then I'll be cleared to go back to normal life. And it's like, you just think, okay, after six weeks, everything's going to be perfect. And it's like, wait a second. I was telling my husband this, like, we go to so many prenatal appointments. The mm-hmm. baby after the baby's born has so many pediatrician's appointments. Mm-hmm. But for the mom, it's like, okay, here's your six weeks appointment. And for me, I was barely four weeks postpartum going to that follow-up appointment. And she mm-hmm. was clearing me for, you know, to go back and work out. And it's it's like, that's not reality. It's not, okay, here's your six-week appointment. Go have sex again. Like, Mm-hmm. are you kidding me like yeah how is this real life like I'm still barely able to walk 
And maybe that's yeah. because I tore a little. And I, I don't know what your experience was on that. I assume it was even longer than that healing wise because you you had like such a more physically traumatic birth. But and it, it sucks yeah. because I look back on my postpartum and I'm sure you do too. And I'm like, I feel like I really missed out like until recently. And maybe it's just because he's sleeping better or, you know, I'm finally feeling like I'm back in my rhythm. I'm going I'm working out like physically I feel better and maybe that's part of it too but mm-hmm. it, I really until recently have not felt like I could keep my head above water until probably after four months postpartum and you kind of said you were closer to six months yeah so six months I'm really glad that you're talking about this because I think more moms are starting to open up about this and it's becoming mm-hmm. more of a conversation of like okay we can't keep doing what we're doing yeah. um six months was like the mental side. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was 18 months before I and this might be TMI before I could have sex without pain. Yeah. And um I know that that's like a lot to say on a public forum, <laughs> but I just need more people to talk about this because I was back at my OB at I think it was like eight months and then I was back again at 10 months and I had to like, I am not confrontational. And I had to look and say, I need you to give me an answer on this because I, like, I am not well, like my body mm-hmm. is not well. There was yeah. a spot on my incision that kept opening up. And my mm-hmm. doctor was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And I was like, I, I need you to but tell you're the me. the one that did this to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were the like, reason. I, I'm, and it's yeah. like, again, like no, sh- like no hate, like, you know, I guess, yeah. but it's like, sweetie. This is just like this is why I come to you. You're supposed to know like the ins and outs of this part of my body and and why something's wrong. Yeah. So I I just it was just a lot because nobody, not even my doctor, could give me answers. And I think that was just the loneliest part. Is like, wow. Like my intimacy with my husband, like so much changes on an identity level when you become a mom, like Mm -hmm. so much changes in marriage or in a relationship or whatever with your partner. Mm -hmm. But like the intimacy aspect of it was just like, wow, I feel like everything is being robbed from me right now. Yeah. And nobody talked about like I it wasn't until I listened to a podcast with another um, like postpartum workout mom who said and I held on to this as gospel because I was like, even Mm -hmm. if this isn't backed up, I'm going to believe this. She said that on a muscular level, it takes our bodies 18 months to fully recover from birth, no matter what kind of birth you have on the muscular level. And I cried because like, finally, we have something that is more than six weeks, like some kind of number that is different than six weeks. So yeah, it's a very like, lonely isolating thing because you can't like I couldn't talk to anyone about that that was just mm-hmm. weird um yeah but yeah. I'm here for the pelvic floor physical therapy life I'm in that camp I do it now and yeah. um so I can't recommend that enough for moms who are having a really hard time postpartum struggling to heal physically yeah wow well thank you for sharing all that so kind of give us you know before we kind of wrap up with not a nice pretty bow because we aren't about <laughs> nice pretty bows here. We're about we're about, you know, being real, being honest. Yeah. So how are you now? Where are you now? Your your son's almost two. That is wild. You have a freaking toddler. Um, it's wild. How are you now? Physically, mentally, emotionally? Where are you at now? Kind of kind of give us a an overview of that. Yeah. Um, so it really was like my son's first birthday. Um, maybe it was like technically my second mother's day, but he had been one. Mm-hmm. Some stuff hit the fan um, in my life where I was like, I have mm-hmm. to go to counseling. I cannot. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't even recognize myself a year after having my son. And I'm really good at like putting on a face around friends, but mm-hmm. like my husband can attest, like I just was not myself. So I started a um, doing some counseling work for my birth yeah. and for some other stuff. And then also, um, I did an inner healing class at my church. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the summer of healing for me, that's um, awesome. mentally, emotionally, like, again, that's where the, like the redemption piece comes in. I was just like able to really put purpose to why God would allow me 
to like experience what I experienced. Um, Mm -hmm. Because until then, it just felt really cruel and like messed up. Um, So I found a lot of healing through that. And now like on the tail end of all of that, that's when I started the mama's moments. Um, Mm -hmm. I started actually like taking Liam to the park every day. I met some neighborhood moms. And when I started having conversations like face-to-face, not on social media, but just with people in the same season of life as me, everything started changing in my life. I did not feel alone anymore. I very much was like, okay, I'm saying these things out loud for the first time, like Mm -hmm. some of the stuff of my journey and hearing it back and thinking like, oh my gosh, I um, like – this is crazy. So um, I'm doing so much better. I am in physical therapy for my pelvic floor. So I'm having a lot of healing with that too. Um, So all around, it's just like, I think I just had to kind of, um, it sounds really silly because it's not very comforting for people who are walking through it. But I think we just have to kind of experience some of the lows to understand like what we truly need, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so yeah. I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, I have no option but to um, get some help. So we're doing good over here good. these days, <laughs> figuring that's out awesome. toddler life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just such a special phase. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, the newborn phase is so tough, but you'll get through it. Just, you know, you'll get through the newborn phase and then, you know, soon they'll be able to communicate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I want to hold on to that newborn phase. I'm terrified of a toddler that can tell me no and like run away from me and slam the door to his room and, you know, all the things. But I think it's so beautiful because you just get to watch them start to experience the world and like communicate back to you, you know, Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, how they're feeling. And I'm sure in the moment, it really is just like so frustrating. But at the same time, it's like you get to help them figure like you get to watch them figure things out on their own they become so much more independent so yeah oh you're almost there (laughs) yes I know yeah it's wild and then I'm sure you know in the blink of an eye we're going to be sending our kids off to kindergarten and yeah it's going to be I think that's something that it's so cliche that's said but it's so true like the days are so long the hours are so long but the years go by so fast and even like I mean me the months go by so fast like I feel like it was just yesterday that you know, I was swaddling him in the bassinet in our room and now he's, you know, sleeping on his own, rolling over in his own crib and he's his own little person. So yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. I had a friend who just had her second baby and she posted Mm -hmm. something the other day and I was like, this is gold. Her Mm -hmm. mom um, is with her right now because she just had her second baby and her oldest is like two and a half. And she said, mm-hmm. we just had a moment where I was crying. And my mom mm-hmm. looked at me and said, these are the best days of your life. And she wow. stopped and like had her mom take a picture of them. And it was so wow. sweet because it's like, golly, we do not feel that in the moment. But like mm-hmm. when you talk to any grandparent, it's like poop can be hitting the fan and mm-hmm. they're just as chill as can be. And I'm like, how yeah. do we get that now as moms? Like, what you know. can we learn from our parents? Like, we survived, we made it. Like, how can we live so that we just are a little bit more at ease with all of the little bumps in the road? And it's like in the office at the very end, it's like I wish we realized that we were living in the good old days before we look back on them and like, oh, those are the good old days. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and kids will do that to you. They'll I mean, I just I feel like so often I have to make myself pause and be like, this is the only day like this I get my kid. Tomorrow will be something different. Tomorrow he'll look so different. And even with pregnancy, I, I tried to make myself do that. Like, I'm going to miss this, even though like I didn't love being pregnant, but like it was not hard on me at all, which I, I recognize I'm very lucky for that. And so I, I tried to make sure that I appreciated every day of my first pregnancy because it's like if we choose like if we're able to get pregnant again I'm gonna have a little kid running around and it won't be as slow and and just I don't know even the word to describe it it won't be the same Mm -hmm. and I think there's beauty in that though so Mm -hmm. yeah you just gotta take each day at a time recognize the beauty of each day and how it's so fleeting and yeah yeah. And let's normalize mom grace. Like on the oh, days yes. that we don't take it, like when we do take it for granted, like mm-hmm. let's give ourselves grace. Like yeah. we got another day tomorrow. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And on that note, 
tell us where we can find you in the middle of April. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that you said something. Yes. So I have started um, hosting events called Mama Mixers. And right now, is that what we're referencing here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, perfect. No, I mean, we can, you can probably find both of us at a coffee shop together in the middle of April, but I don't want everyone to join that. I want them to join your, uh, your Mama's Moments event. Perfect. I'm like, I think that's all I got going in April right now. Yes. Um, yes. So um, Mama Mixers are free and it's basically just a place where we can connect with one another. Um, like I said, like meeting face to face is kind of what um, brought on a lot of my healing journey. And so meeting other moms, the next one that we're doing is April 15th. Um, it's going, can I say where it's going to be or is that too crazy? <gasps> no. Have you said where it's going to be yet? Yes. Oh, okay, good. I was like, wow, yes. am I spilling the beans for her? I'm so no. sorry. <laughs> I just want to make sure like on the podcast that was okay. Oh, yeah. Speak, no, but... you you toot your own horn. You go for it. All right, let's do it. So the next one's going to be moms only, no kiddos, from 9 a.m. to 1230. And we're going to be at The Cove, um, co-working in event space in downtown Bethany, Oklahoma. So we would love to have you there. We're going to have pop-up shops from local um, mom-owned businesses. We're going to have um, Sunbeam services there talking about perinatal mental health. And we're hoping to do some breakout sessions. So even if you are kind of introverted like myself, um, mm -hmm. you feel like there's an opportunity to kind of connect with even just one other person. But if anything, just come to be filled up. Um, if you don't feel like mingling, that's okay. We'll have a girl who does massages there. Um, so you oh, can just, yeah. yep. Casey Weaver. Massage. Yeah, big shout out there. to our girl, Casey Weaver. Um, I, her. I discovered her, I think a couple of years ago and I swear I would, I would hire her to be my personal masseuse if I could afford her. So if there's any small Literally. businesses or any businesses out there that want to come sponsor this podcast so I can afford more Casey massages, please <laughs> give me money <laughs> because, because that right there. yeah, just a shameless plug. Please sponsor it. my, my massages with Casey. Um, <laughs> I love this. No. And so I think when this podcast comes out, I think it'll be before the mama's mixer, but not too far in advance. So maybe like a week or so, just depending on, you know, if I actually get my crap together and release this when I think I'm going to, um, but yeah. So do we need to buy tickets? You said it's free. Is it a come and go? Do I need to reserve a spot? Perfect. Yep. Um, it's a come and go and I'll have a link within the next couple of weeks on my Instagram page where you can RSVP just so we have like a general headcount. Um, but yeah, come and go bring your own coffee, bring some brunch stuff if you want and come hang out. It'll be really fun. Sweet. Yeah. I'm so pumped. We, I got to go to the first one and that was such a fun experience. I, I was shocked by how many, like I was sweating and it was the middle of December I was sweating in that building because there were so many people um with the yeah. week afterwards you were like so what do you think I could do different I was like you've got to get a bigger space Kim like oh my gosh I'm not claustrophobic but I think I became claustrophobic that day <laughs> which, I know. again a wonderful problem to have but like it is you guys will meet some awesome people at this mama's mixer and especially since this one is no kids like obviously we all love our kids but it just gives you a time to without distractions because obviously we love our kids so much like we want to make sure they're always you know they're doing good they're safe they're you know not getting into trouble and so I think that mm -hmm. not having kids here will be such a great like time of rest for moms um, a time mm -hmm. of just spending time with one another and getting to know each other just in within our little OKC community but don't feel like if you're not from Oklahoma City you can't come like moms oh come hang home. out yeah moms from everywhere are welcome if you want to fly in just for the event you come from yeah. wherever you are. Maybe, maybe I'll give a prize. Just personally give a prize from whoever comes the farthest away. So why not? I'm not buying so your, much fun. I'm not buying your plane ticket because again, no money. No money. This is my first <laughs> podcast, so the ad revenue has not started uh, flowing in yet. But again, if yet. you're if you're a business that wants to sponsor this podcast, please give me money. Yeah, check back in uh, one year. We'll see. If yes, we can literally. Buy a plane ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, where can we find you? Social media, like, like, tell us where we can find you, like your personal social media, your business social media. Where do you want us to come connect with you? Yeah, thanks, Laura. Um, you can find me on my photography page. Um, yeah. It's Mamas, so it's M A M A S Moments dot Co. 
Um, so I'm super active on Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's where you can come hang out and see fun pictures of other Oklahoma City moms and hear their stories told in their words. Because um, if I've learned anything from all of this, it is that all of our stories matter, no matter mm-hmm. if we had the most traumatic birth or if we had the most perfect, planned out, beautiful um, birth. Like, it all matters. So Yeah, so... Sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kim. I am so grateful um, that you were my first guest. I would not have had it any other way. Um, It was just, this is such a full circle moment for me to be like, we met in little PR class and like, this is kind of what we not dreamed of, but like, if you had told us how many years ago were we like in class together, like seven years ago, I think longer. Eight Maybe years ago? To eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that we would be doing, like, we, I would be interviewing you for my podcast. I would first off be like, what's a podcast? And then right. second off be like, this is shocking. So yeah, nice little full yeah. circle moment. Before we say bye, just give us a little, just one piece of little nugget advice that you just want to leave everyone with before we go. Like, mm-hmm. if I lost this entire podcast, what's the one thing you'd want them to gain from your story? <laughs> Ooh, no pressure. Yeah, no um, that's a great question. I think I would just say be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. I just think as moms, we are asked to do a lot of things that when you look back in history, moms have always, always, always had help. They've had neighbors. They've had family members. They have not been asked to work corporate jobs um, or try to do side hustles or Mm -hmm. keep up with 24-7 news feeds or block out marketing messages from baby companies. Like we are asked to do a lot as modern mamas. And so Mm -hmm. I would just say, if you think you're giving yourself too much grace, you can probably be giving yourself a little bit more grace. Give yourself all the grace. I love that. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. And to those who are tuning into this first ever episode, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. I am so excited to see where this goes. I wish I had a fun little outro tagline, but I don't. So we're just going to say bye for now. Um, Thank you so much, friends, for joining. I hope to see you guys on the next episode of Wholeheartedly Her. Bye.